Dad the Man, the guy who's living life the right way by loving and leading his family. World-class at his craft and admired by many, but more importantly, he sets the tone for what a great man, husband, and father looks like. That's who Dad the Man is. And the truth is, as men, husbands, and fathers, we experience and struggle with so many of the same things. And it's time we recognize that we're all in this together. So drop your ego at the door and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Dad the Man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today I have one ask for you. If you are enjoying the show, if you are learning anything at all, or if you have any takeaways from today's episode, please do me a huge favor and help me to share the show, whether that is mentioning it to someone at work or texting a friend or sharing us on social media. I cannot thank you enough for your support. So today's guest is none other than the Travis Mayer. Travis is a seven times CrossFit Games competitor, and he finished 12th place at this past year's games, just two spots behind his personal best finish of 10th place back in 2016. Now, Travis isn't just a professional athlete, but he's also a devoted husband and father and a successful business owner as well. Travis is a guy who squeezes the most out of every part of his life and is a master of managing his time with a blend of intense focused effort mixed with just the right amount of adaptability to handle the curveballs thrown his way as a father to four kids under the age of six. Travis is a fierce competitor, a great leader, and an all-around fun dude to chat with. But above it all, he's an incredible man, husband, and father, and I'm so thankful to have had the opportunity to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Travis Mayer. And we are live. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today we have a guest with us who you will definitely recognize if you follow the CrossFit world in any capacity. We have a seven times CrossFit Games athlete with us today, the one and only Travis Mayer. Now, Travis, I want to take a quick second and I want to acknowledge you right off the bat before we jump in. I've been so impressed following you um, with the way that you handle yourself with everything else that you have going on in your life. So thank you. You're, thank you're, you. you're a husband. You're a father to four kids under the age of six, which is yep. double what I got going on. <laughs> that blows my mind in itself. You have a full time business that you run. Your wife works. And on top of that, just, you know, casual cherry on top, you're a professional athlete. You know, I'm sure that takes a little time as well. And it's funny. It's like when I think about in my own life, at times, like when I get busier or I take on more, sometimes the individual components can start to feel watered down because yeah. I spread myself a little too thin. But in following you, you seem to just be able to do the opposite. It seems like as your family's grown, your business has grown, you've continued to compete in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the CrossFit games. Like it, you just seem to be able to take that and just amplify everything else in your life and just become more solidified. And what's the most important? And your priorities. So I've been super inspired following you. And I'm super pumped to have the chance to talk to you today. So with all that being said, Travis yeah. Mayer, welcome to the show, my friend. Awesome. Thank you very much. I mean, that's quite the intro. I mean, that's probably one of the best intros I've had. So I appreciate it. I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely been a long journey to kind of get to this point from where I started and envisioned myself as like a kid to where I am now not thinking Definitely didn't think I would have four kids ever. That was never <laughs> kind of like in my thought process or envision, but throughout all of kind of like after the first one, it led to like, okay, let's have two. And then it led to like, do you want three? And I was like, yeah. And then do you want four? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, but no, we're definitely, four is great for us. So we're going to kind of 
we're going to stop it there. I think four is a good number for us. And then just kind of balancing everything. I mean, from, I mean, one, I have a very supportive wife that allows me to train and do as much as I do in the gym and Mm -hmm. then also handle a lot of the things at night. If someone gets up or whatever it may be that I'm able to like get some more rest and then do that. So, I mean, we definitely are a very good team together and Mm -hmm. it definitely helps having someone in your corner like that, that allows you to still chase your dreams of what you want to accomplish and then still be able to be like the family man and at home and accomplish the other things that you need to on that side. Yeah, no doubt. And today I definitely want to dive a little bit deeper into that, excuse me, dive deeper into that and how you guys handle that specifically. Um, But before we do, I'll put a pin right there and I want to take it back. I'd love to hear you tell a little bit about your childhood, who you were as a kid, family dynamics, siblings, what you were into, all that kind of stuff. Let's give everybody a little color on, uh, on who you are. Yeah. So I'm the youngest of three. So I have an older sister, an older brother, and then I'm the youngest. So I'm just a little baby. Um, I was probably the, out of all of us, I was definitely the wild, reckless one with kind of like no fear. I was going to kind of get away with whatever I want. And now having kids and watching my own children, I can see that and how frustrating (laughs) it probably had to be at times for my parents. Um, And I mean, my kids are all under the age of six so still being able to see some of the things I used to do as a kid and my kids, I'm like, Oh no, the things I must've put my parents through. <laughs> um, but yeah, two awesome parents that kind of allowed us to pick and choose whatever sports we wanted to do growing up. Um, we were all very close family. And I mean, we played basketball, hockey, soccer, baseball, tennis. Uh, I raced motocross for, that was like my big sport was for 10 years um, really just anything. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing I've tried to carry over into our boys is just letting them pick and choose and decide whatever they want to do. And if they find something they really want, then let them stick with it and kind of pursue that. Um, we've done some lacrosse, we've done soccer, uh, basketball. We kind of missed the signups. That was a fault on me, but it happens. (laughs) happens. Uh, Apparently signups are a pretty big deal around here. You got to make sure you're (laughs) on top of that stuff. So if you're becoming a parent, just remember that, that it's not always, it's the little things you forget about. You're like, man, basketball signs. I thought you just show up and go. And it's like, no, it's like a big <laughs> deal. Like you gotta be pre-registered, signed mm-hmm. up, all the little things like that. But yeah, so that was one thing my parents allowed us to do was just to try anything and everything we wanted. And that kind of led to me racing motocross competitively for a while. And then ended up realizing I was not going to be a professional. And that was like, from an early age, I wanted to do uh, to some degree. And when I was younger, it was like basketball. And then when I was in high school, it was still basketball. And then I started just enjoy- having more fun racing motocross. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I want to do. So I would get up at 5am, go run and train before school, go to school, have weight training at school. And then we got done, we'd go ride possibly that afternoon, or we'd wait till a couple of days later. But it was always like, I was very determined and relentless no matter what I was trying to accomplish. And I put a hundred percent in, or I wasn't in at all. And that's Mm -hmm. just like, was my personality. That's how I kind of handled a lot of things is I was like all or nothing. And Mm -hmm. that was like, once I stopped basketball, it was like, I was done. Like it was like, okay, we're focused on just motocross for this. Um, But yeah. So then after motocross, I started working for one of my best friends at the time that was an amateur pro rider. And then 
we kind of started to travel the US and race. I would drive a 40 foot RV and we'd go to all the races. We'd have a private coach down in McDonough, Georgia that we'd go stay all week. And then on the weekends, we'd go to the races. I mean, they could be in Vegas, Texas. They were literally all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, at that point I was 18 and he was 16. So I was pretty much like his legal guardian. His parents trusted me. Like, so I'd work on bikes all night, fix them. He would go race. And I mean, it was awesome. I loved every minute of that. Yeah. Um, but throughout that, I always kind of worked out and enjoyed fitness. And then in that process, I ended up getting certified in personal training and slowly started dabbling in that and then decided I wanted to kind of step out of the motocross <laughs> side of things and focus more on that. And I had more enjoyment out of that. And so after personal training, one of the personal trainers that I was with introduced me to CrossFit. And I watched all these videos back then were like the original, like OG kind of CrossFitters from the early days. And Mm -hmm. I remember just watching their videos and I was like, I want to do that. Like, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. And this was back in, I guess, late 2010. Um, and then I just, from that moment, literally dedicated everything I possibly could have to becoming a professional CrossFit athlete or potentially to go win the games at that point was like, that's my focus. Um, so then, yeah, I literally got a coach, changed my nutrition that day, altered everything I was doing with the sole purpose of like, I'm going to go win. And that's what I want Mm -hmm. to try to accomplish and do. And that was that same mindset of like, I'm going to put everything I can into this and try to accomplish it. Um, so I focused on that and now fast forward, I guess, 11 years, almost 12 years now of training just for the games, mm-hmm. doing all of that, have been able to accomplish making it to the game seven times and made this like my full-time job. And it's a pretty cool life I get to live and <laughs> do but like from the fitness side of things that's kind of like how i got into crossfit yep and then i mean yeah if we're going full story then even in between that was i ran a few different gyms like crossfit gyms for people like i kind of started them for them like they fronted the money up and then i'd run them and then left one went and did it again for someone else and then finally was to the point of like i want to do this on my own Mm -hmm. and then we branched out kind of started our own gym and then that was back in 2013 and now we're eight years in and we're at like a 12,000 square foot facility. And it's pretty awesome to be able to just personal train and coach and run classes all day and get to do what I love every single day. And it just be mine. And that's pretty cool to do that. You get to work from all of that and learn from all the other gyms that I've run to be like, nah, I don't like how this was done. And how can we alter this and get to the kind of point we are now with the gym side of things. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So it sounds like you've always been busy. You've always had a lot going on. And now it's I guess now in the stage of life that you're in, it's a matter of I don't know if it's all uh, I'm interested in this because you're saying like you're all or nothing, like all or nothing on the motocross, all or nothing on the CrossFit. And now you have things like you have (laughs) like that's easily four or five different categories now, which could consume all of your time. And just learning how to go all or nothing against all of those different things. Yeah. So, so now it's, it's definitely more of a balancing act, right? Like, so yep. now everything is, how can you make the most time at home optimal with like the kids and mm-hmm. on the weekends and different things. But like during the week when I'm at the gym, I make sure like I'm here at certain times. So like my wife's a teacher 
And mm-hmm. so she's usually gone really early in the morning. So in the morning, I get all the kids ready. We go to the bus stop. Uh, my oldest go, is in kindergarten. So he goes every single day. My mm-hmm. other three on Tuesdays and Thursdays are at home with me all day. And then on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they go to daycare. So mm-hmm. it's kind of always like a structure around how you how you just handle it all. More or less. <laughs> like it's just, it's always a lot going on like all the time, but yep. I feel like me and my wife are very kind of calm in that sense of just understanding, like when you have kids, things are going to be crazy and wild and you cannot control anything. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. just out of your control. If someone gets sick, if something happens, like, excuse me, if it's in like the middle of a training session and I'm going to get a call from the daycare or something, it's like, okay, I just stop and I go and spend all my time with my kids and make sure everything's okay. Cause that's way more important than anything fitness related. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just being able to structure and find that balance between all of it and like what's important. And for me, like, okay, training full-time is very important because that's what pays my bills and allows me to live where I live and do the things we want to do and have fun mm-hmm. on the weekend. So like that, of course, is definitely a priority but then it's also very important to me to spend time with my kids. So what I try to do is spend the time in the morning with them. And then after we drop them off and go to school, like when it is time to be at the gym, my time to train and fully focus, uh, solely focus on training is there. So if it's like, I know I'm going to be here from eight o'clock to two o'clock, I need to make sure I get two, potentially three sessions in, in that time frame. So I need to make sure like the training block is broken up, but that's usually my coach will handle that. But like I hit a training session, then I'll usually do some gym stuff, do another session. Then certain days I coach throughout the week and then I'll do another session, go home, pick them up and then go home and then wait till my wife gets home. And then I'll potentially do another session at home. Um, And so I try to keep all the fitness typically inside the gym. So I'm here and I'm not doing it at home and taking away from time with them and doing different things. Um, even though they've started to grow into this enjoyment of like seeing me work out and then they want me to write workouts. Like they're probably like, dad, can you write a workout? Like they love playing the fish game. That's on awesome. the rower. Yeah. So they love playing the fish game on the rower. They love to see two biking. Um, they love deadlifting and tr- attempting to clean. So it's just fun to see that they're creating these like healthy habits of working out without mm-hmm. really realizing it. And it's just yep. by watching me kind of do it. And so I think that's definitely, you don't really realize how much your kids retain and start to do until you start watching them and seeing how they react to something, or even in this instance, working out, right? Like they, it's not like I'm taking them to the gym and running them through workouts, but they right. see me do it like, Oh, I want to do that. And it just, it's very impactful to show like, your behaviors make a big difference in what they see and how you react. So if I'm screaming at them daily, then they're going to (laughs) be screaming at each other and doing different things. So it's being able to just kind of stay calm in those situations, but also teach them how to handle it and do all the right kind of things from that. But I definitely say it's balancing all of it. It's definitely challenging at times, but it's just, if something doesn't go well or it doesn't go according to plan, you just have to be able to kind of roll with the punches and accept it. Like I'm not, that like early on when we probably with our first one, it was like, Oh, if I didn't get this training session, like I felt kind of scattered. I didn't feel like I wasn't as focused or when I got home, I was like, I need to be back at the gym. I need to be training. I need to be doing these things where Mm -hmm. 
over, I guess, six years now of like learning how to handle that. It's like, I'm not going to lose too much fitness if I just stop right now. I need to go attend to whatever it may be. And it's just being able to admit that it was like, okay, well, I just had poor management of time today that I wasn't able to get everything I in wanted to and or something else just popped up and I couldn't finish my training. Uh, Cause sometimes there are other things that like, it is a business that I run and I'm like, if I can't get to it, then I have to just be okay with that. But I think that's the biggest thing is that I allow myself to be okay with it and just move on that. I'm not like sitting there dwelling on it, upset about it. Cause it's like, there's nothing I can do. It happened. Move on tomorrow. When you come back, really start to train hard and keep pushing yourself there to kind of keep leveling up to where you're not just beating yourself up about something that happened previously because that's not going to help you in any way shape or form right yeah i think that's that's something i've struggled with in the past like having the priorities set like all right these are my priorities this is the plan there's always more variables than what's considered right there right and and to your point like it can be so frustrating like god i was gonna do this in the morning and then little man got just threw up at 4 30 just because that's yeah. what little kids do sometimes like that's what my yeah. kids have been doing all week so i haven't worked <laughs> out at all this week and like but it's a matter of i think what you're saying having that plan and then just understanding like giving yourself a little bit of grace that like there are some things you're just not going to be able to control like yeah. a kid throwing up at 4 30 in the morning that's just gonna happen but then it's not like you planned it you're like okay yeah. hey so tonight at 4 30 i really want you to be throwing up and screaming you know right. like, this is what i want to do it's hard to pencil that in ahead of time yeah. right like that's, <laughs> that's tough but then being able to take it and then maybe adapt after that so maybe it's just like move past it and then not let the the wheels fall off the wagon and then it's like just yeah. because the first step of the plan didn't go well on monday morning being able to adapt and then recover by maybe Monday evening, or maybe you move yeah. something around and then recover. Um, I'd have to imagine you do a lot of that rearranging your plan as you go. Yeah. I think I saw something. It was like, I don't know where I felt like it was a post or something. And it said something like if you had however many seconds in a day, 86,000 seconds or whatever. And it was like, if you had that money in your account and someone took $1, like you wouldn't be very upset, mm-hmm. but it's like when people do that with their emotions in a situation like this, where it was like <clears throat> that one minute of my kid throwing up and being upset, I'm letting it ruin the rest of my day. And it's like, don't let that be the source of what's causing all the distraction. And it's like, it's a very relatable thing. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Like you'd be like, okay, like it is what it is and move on where when it comes to your feelings and different things, people definitely get a little more sensitive about it and uptight. And then it can honestly ruin your day from like one little thing. So I think it's, you need to be able to have self-control and understanding of yourself and how you can handle these situations and the adversity of it Mm -hmm. where nothing good is going to come from it by overanalyzing it, being stressed about it, where if you just kind of accept already, like, okay, like I'm going to miss this session or this is going to throw off the rest of my day. That's okay. And just get back to it and keep working on it. And I think that then allows you to kind of keep building a better mental side of things and, just help translate into how I even like teach our kids how to do certain things. Like, okay, like you've handled this. This is how you should kind of approach it. This is a better way to think about it. And instead of just like reacting and screaming or yelling, it's like, okay, no, no. But like, what's actually wrong? Like when my kids are having a tantrum, it's like, okay, so like, what's wrong? Like, what are you actually genuinely upset about? It's like, nah, like just like (laughs) losing it. And it's like, you know, like you need to be able to control that. And I think a lot of times, even as adults, like you forget how to 
handle yourself in those situations when things mm-hmm. are thrown at you that you weren't expecting or kind of like off your normal routine, but you just have to kind of learn to adapt to that and accept it. Yeah. There's um, a couple different directions. I'm thinking about taking this. The first one I wanted to circle hard back right. on. Hard right. Yeah. Hard right. <laughs> I know. Um, I think efficiency, hearing you explain the way that your day goes and how you have it structured. And you were talking about like, when I'm with the kids, I'm with the kids, when I'm at the gym, I'm at the gym. And I think that's something that often, I mean, oftentimes I do a terrible job of until, unless I'm really focused and disciplined on it. And that's how efficient I can be with my time. Like how present am I actually when I'm in those spaces? So like how present am I when I'm at work or when I'm at home with the kids or if I am working out and it's, I think it's, it's easy to first say, I need more time. I need more yeah. quantity of time, but then it's like, everybody. well, yeah, that's everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm starting to turn this and being like, maybe I should be a better steward of the time I've already got. Yeah. And then like one way I have just completely embarrassed and convicted myself is like, Hey, let me look at the screen time report on my phone oh, from last that's week. Bad, like bad thing. <laughs> daily average over like three or four hours. And I'm saying I need more time. And I'm like, yeah. that's not productive time. Like, yeah. sure, it's probably all 20, 30 seconds, one minute at a time, but it adds up. It's wasted time that I could be yeah. better with. Like it could allow me to, like I said in the intro, like sometimes when I take how more things feel a little bit watered down, well, there's yeah. four hours of my day right there. And I think I feel yeah. like if more of us did that, we'd solve, we'd quit asking for more time. Yeah. I mean, that's, def- I definitely like the social media aspect and all those things definitely play a role into that. And I mean, you definitely need to be on your phone for some degree of communication and now how everything's mm-hmm. like in your pocket, you can literally have everything, you have food at your front door, your groceries, whatever you actually need. So from that side of things, it's the constant scrolling, right? It's the yep. scrolling on Instagram, it's the Facebook, it's the Twitter, whatever it may be of just the constant looking through things. And I mean, there's been times I'm like, what am I actually doing? I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. looking at anything. Like I'm just sitting here scrolling. And yep. uh, that was one thing we actually did going into. So Rogue Invitational was, I guess about a month ago, maybe mm-hmm. a little longer. Um, but one of the things I work with a mental coach and one of the things we did going into this was not being on social media at all. So like the whole time at the event. And so like, even if it came to like checking the leaderboard, so my coach, he was in charge of checking the leaderboard. And then as soon as the event was done, he would tell me what place it was. And that was it. Like you didn't Mm -hmm. speak anything else about it. You didn't discuss it. Yep. Social media. The only thing you were allowed to do if you were going to do something on social media, was you make a post for sponsors or just to like update. And then that's it. Like you don't sit there, you don't scroll. And the amount of, I don't want to say relief, but the less stress that was created from constantly scrolling and just looking at things that even in regards to my field of just like seeing how people lifted or what the social media is talking about, those little things that you kind of like aren't really paying attention to, but are actually like ingraining in your brain of like, self-doubt. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I should have yep. hit my weight here. I should have done this. Then you just start self-doubting yourself through like the entire event. And it's like, no, I'm mid event and competition right now. Like, why am I thinking these things? Yep. And so we've kind of learned that over the years of like a good way to approach that. And what worked really well this year was actually just putting the phone down and not actually utilizing it at all, because it is such a distraction. And I mean, yes, you do need it at times and it's important, but then it's also like the amount of 
wasted time that you're gaining by being on it is not beneficial in any way, shape or form. And I don't think it allows you to accomplish things you want to accomplish. Cause like days that you're probably like the busiest and have things prioritized and are focused and then like on your nutrition and everything. Like those are the days at the end of the day where you're like, man, I really crushed today. And then the mm-hmm. days where you're like resting, you're tr- scrolling on social media. You're like, nah, I don't feel good about myself. Like then mm-hmm. all this self-doubt, the creep, every or the self-doubt creeps in. And then you're just constantly thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that sometimes is just based off of like having access to your phone and just being, not being present more or less. Like I'm not fully being present and submerged at home, like with my wife or like, I'm thinking of, oh, I need to go do this training session or I need to go be here. I need to do this. I need to write this email later. I need to go talk to this person. Like all of that stuff just isn't present and isn't carrying over in a beneficial way. And I think it's Mm -hmm. being able to put the phone down, be present, focus on what you can control. And when that starts to happen, I think you can definitely see a lot of benefits from it. Yeah, no doubt. I, um, at the beginning of this year, I did the 75 hard program that Andy, Andy Frisella put together. And it, it, as a part of that, I just kind of tacked on like no social media for the 75 days. And the beginning of this year was a pretty, like, it was a pretty crazy time in the world, right? Like, like you you were just no no social media, nothing. I went dark for 75 days and it, you know, coming out of last year, you know, we ended up getting, our family got COVID at the end of the year. We were, we were okay, but just you know, we were all just not mentally in a, in a really great spot. And I was like, I'm going to just like shock this, my system, cold Turkey. I could not believe how much like happier I was. My brain seemed to work better. I thought the whole world was in a great spot. And then on day 76, I download Instagram again and start scrolling. And I'm like, Oh my God, what is going on in the world right now? Everybody's yelling at each other. And it was just like the immediate, like I felt the flood of just yeah, it's just kind of like toxic a and yeah. anxiety. And I was just like, oh my God, I couldn't believe how shocking that was like yeah. to detox from it and then just have it all come back. Yeah. I think it's, it's even like the news, right? It's not like the news ever shares anything great, right? You don't, you don't <laughs> really hear good things on the news. There's no it's good like, news oh, network shooting happened or the, this person died and you're like, oh my God. And it's just like constant. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, what if the news was flipped and it was just like all positives and like all good things, like what would actually start to happen and turn around where, I mean, it really, I don't, I, I feel like you don't ever know when the last time someone said like a bunch of positive things on the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's something I struggle with too. Cause it's like, I mean, one, you kind of have to understand that that like the news is a business and the business is attention and, you know, not to make it overly political, that just kind of is the nature yeah. of the business model. Right. Oh, yeah. But then I also struggle because it's like, I'm not going to sit down and watch. I just can't watch the mainstream news for that oh, reason. Yeah. It just, it makes me yeah. anxious, makes me unhappy. And I don't <laughs> think it serves me or anybody else in a good way. But I also want to know what's going on in the world. Like in those yeah. 75 days of the, at the beginning of the year, I was super happy. But I also kind of just had my head in the sand. It was yeah. not necessarily keeping up enough to really know what was going on in the world. Yeah. And I think that can be healthy. That's something I've struggled with, man. That's, that's, that's a, that's a tricky balance is learning, learning how to handle well, that. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of like the way a lot of things are transitioning and going to is like, everything's becoming digital. You're now having these like NFTs and I'm talking about the metaverse. Like they're pretty much just talking about how you're going to live into a digital world. And I mean, yep. all of it starting with your phones. And I mean, even when you go out to eat and you see a 
group of six people and all of them are on their phone. It's like none of you are actually having like the social interaction of talking to each other. And I right. think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like you need to have those conversations. You need to be able to look people in the eye and yeah, say something. And I think so many people like hide behind the keyboard and what the keyboard warriors where they'll say certain things, but then like they would never say it to your face. And yep. I think those are things that you actually need to be able to have conversations about and discuss and be okay that you might be wrong and other people have their opinion and that's okay. But like having those conversations is very important versus just like relying on social media. And it's like, Oh, unfollow. We're not friends anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to associate with you. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of other things that go into it just based off of someone's viewpoints on that. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting world we live in right now. Like it kind of freaks me out at times, like realizing I'm bringing four kids up in this and Mm -hmm. like, what, what is actually the world going to look like in 20 years when they're 25 and 26 years old and it's kind of a creepy it's terrifying feeling of just like <laughs> you can't really do anything but you just prepare them the best you can and yep. hopefully you raise them the right way that they make the right decisions and i mean it's yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah i was i was thinking about that uh it was either yesterday evening or this morning i can't remember but i was i was just thinking about with my kids like what is going to serve them the best for them to learn now at, a, at like at a young age like just take yeah. the general education age from you know birth till 12th grade whatever high into high school and i i've just i keep drawing it back like out of all the specifics out of all the academics i'm like i want my kids most importantly to just be good people be respectful know how to work hard do the right thing know what the right thing is yeah always do it like default to that like be disciplined be able to focus you know be able to step away from a phone when you need to And to me, I'm like, if I can just teach my kids that, like, I feel like that's the best way that I can serve them. And and I know to do that, I got to figure out how to do it myself. So that, you know, that's when I turn it around. I'm like, okay, it's on me. Well, and what's funny is you never realize how much your parents probably didn't know when you were a kid until you become a parent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like when my, when my son will ask me something, I'm like, you know what? That's actually a really good question that I'm not a hundred percent sure on. Just even like things you think back on and you're like, oh, wow, like they must have been just as clueless as we were, like yep. thinking of these things and how the times have changed. But yeah, I mean, you definitely want that for your kids. You want them to be raised the right way and make the right decision. And it's definitely a challenge as a parent to stay cool-headed a lot of times when they have their moments and mm-hmm. frustration and being smart, making all the wrong choices and right choices and what you should say no and yes to. And Yep. I mean, I think that's part of just trusting yourself and how you teach them and learn and grow to be the individuals that you want them to be. But then you also just have to give them the trust and allow them to still do that on their own to where you're not always like handholding them and like they need failure. They need to lose. They need to cry. They need to have excitement. And I think the whole everybody gets a trophy thing. I think that's a I just don't really agree with that as like you need to understand that you're going to lose. Like right. there's times like my oldest son, I'm like, no, I won. I'm like, no, no, no but you, you didn't. And I'm, I'm sorry, but like <laughs> you didn't win that. Your younger brother won that. And it's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, no, like you need to learn how to cope with losing. Like mm-hmm. it happens and it's going to happen yep. in life and you're going to be upset and it's frustrating, but like the constant always being careful of people's feelings. I think you should be cautious to a degree, but mm-hmm. the always saying everybody's a winner. I'm like, that's not, that's not true in anything. Right. Um, 
you win or you lose. Yep. And how do you handle that? That's very important and a very good skill to have. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be upset if you lose. I'm not saying that at all because I'm definitely furious when I lose. But yep. you need to be able to handle that and assess it and then be able to like, okay, how can I fix that to where I don't feel that way again? Or what do I need to do to make sure I can win? And yep. okay, even if I gave it everything I possibly had and I still came up short, that's okay. Like yeah. you gave it your best. And I think that so much is just even like this resorts back to like, even my coach watching the leaderboard is like, it would change how I felt based off of what I saw on a leaderboard, right? Like even if I walked away and mm-hmm. no one knew the placements, me, how I walked off the floor after the event, if I was like, man, that was a really good event. And then he's like, what well, was 12th? It's like, oh, uh, no, that wasn't good. That wasn't good. I should have changed this. I should have changed that. We're like yep. in the moment, you're like, oh, I thought I did I did well on that. Yep. Um, but it's just being able to have the understanding of like, okay, that just I wasn't fit enough for that. I need to get better at this, I need to improve this. My pressing needs to be a little bit strong, like whatever it may be, where mm-hmm. you need to be able to still look back and assess that. And I mean, it's just one thing you have to carry over and teach your kids and teach everybody yep. how to handle. And I mean, it's definitely you have your kid's life in your hand of like teaching them and showing them the right way. And it's, it's, I'm not saying it's easy by any means. It's very hard and it's very difficult. You don't know if you're making the right decision 99% of the time, but you just kind of rely on what you can and trust it. And hopefully it all pans out in the end. Right. Yeah, I know it's so hard, but it's so important. Cause like the same thing, like as parents, we, I think we all have the instinct to protect our kids, right? Like we want to protect them from like, we don't want them to get hurt and we want to psychologically protect them. So we think that preventing them from losing actually is going to serve them, but they're going to learn that lesson at some point. Like I would rather teach my son when he's four or five, six, yeah, playing, he's a, gonna forget play, about it. playing yeah. a board game when it's like, yeah. like the consequence is very, very low for losing a game yeah. of Candyland at around our kitchen table. But if I don't teach him that lesson and my wife doesn't teach him that lesson, then the world is going to teach him that lesson. And that can be a much, that's not like a, like an, like a five like, minute conversation. Yeah, yeah. That turns into like age 18 to maybe 40 trying to figure out what's going on in your life. Like it's, I think it's just such a disservice to not let our kids lose. And it's yeah. again, easy for me to say it. I've just got two. Yeah. And they're a little y- younger than yours. Even they're really not in a lot of scenarios where they can, but yeah. I am starting to think about that. It's like, how can I let them do it? How can I yeah. let them be in a safe position to lose? And then me just get out of the way and let it happen. Yeah. I mean, and it happens. I mean, daily, daily, it happens in our house and something like they're mm-hmm. racing on the scooters to the first crack in the driveway like who can get to it first okay well he lost and then just crying and then upset and walks away and it's like okay come back like you need to understand like that's not okay and how to react (laughs) i get you're upset but like do it again and try again it's like well i want to win okay run faster i don't right now you gotta get faster yeah your brother's got the legs are two times longer than yours right now you're gonna lose (laughs) mechanical advantage yeah eventually you'll figure it out like you push them beforehand and then run. Like however you want to handle it <laughs> is up to you. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, an interesting balancing game of teaching them that while still trying to protect them yeah. in a way of like 
you don't want to get hurt, but you're going to get hurt and you need to yeah. get hurt. I mean, I think that was some of the biggest things, even in motocross that toughened me up the most toughened just allowed me to handle pain way more was, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember like one of the first like real wrecks. I like jumped over this double, the handlebar shifted and went straight into my sternum. And at that point I was 10 or 11. And I mean, the wind got knocked out of me so hard that mm-hmm. I was just laying there screaming, thinking I was dying, that I couldn't breathe. And I was like, yeah, yeah. this is it. I, Knock, I'm yeah. 11 years old and I'm done. Um, but then not that you get comfortable wrecking and it hurting less, you just learn how to handle it. Cause you know, like, okay, well, this is what this is about to feel like. This is how it's going to happen. And it's the same thing that carries over into losing or something like you understand how it's going to happen. Okay. Now how can I fix that and address that, that that doesn't happen again? Okay. Well then you might've fixed that, but now you, you lost this way or whatever mm-hmm. it may be that there's always, you have to be constantly learning and growing to figure out how to make that not happen anymore and, or yep. not happen. It's going to always happen, but closing the gap as much as you can. And yeah. I think that's definitely a, a skill in itself to figure out and learn. Yeah. One, one of my favorite questions in this, in this area, when I'm, when, you know, something happens and again, they're three and five, it's always something silly and small, yeah. but my favorite question to ask them is what are we going to do about it? <laughs> like, not like something happens, they lose a race or they fall or whatever. And then they start, they burst out crying. And it's like, if you're not really physically hurt and you're crying because you lost or whatever it is, like, let's take, like, to your point, let's take ownership of that. What can we do now? Like throwing our hands up and crying is not the answer. And of course, like, I'm not like a drill sergeant with them. I'm sitting with them and I'm cuddling them. But but the question is ultimately, what are we going to do about it? And that's, that's in the effort of everything you're talking about. Uh, A pastor that I follow, Stephen Furtick, I'll try to quote him from memory. I'll try to not wreck the quote, but he says, um, one time in a sermon, he said, your tolerance for tension determines your ability for growth. So the more tension that you can tolerate, the more that you can handle, the more loss that you can stomach, yeah. the, the, the more opportunity you have to grow from those things, right? Because that's yeah. normally where the lessons come it, from. That, yeah, you can yeah. handle more of it. You can handle more about it. And then it's like, no, you don't know how to handle this. And then you just blow up and you're like, no, like, I mean, yeah. ultimately that's kind of what every kid does at some point because they <laughs> yeah. just don't know how to handle it. So yeah, no, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it, it's funny I, talking about all this and just this morning, like, I, I, I don't want anybody to listen to this and, and, and just feel like, oh man, these, these guys have just got it. Like they're, you know, that maybe, no, maybe I they, don't. maybe we actually sound like we know what we're talking about yeah, this I morning. Don't. My two kids had the worst meltdowns they may have ever had and my yeah. wife and i were just looking at each other like we have no idea what to do this is yep. this is just one of those meltdowns and that's just yeah. the way it goes sometimes yeah i definitely am not saying by any means i have anything figured out <laughs> i think i have some things figured out for managing more children but other than that i mean every day is up in the air of like, how is today going to go? What's everybody's feelings and emotions going to be? Did we get enough sleep? Did we not get enough sleep? Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those little things go into it. And I mean, you just constantly have to adapt. And I think that's kind of the, you can't be too structured to where you don't allow that to happen and don't yep. actually sit there and be like, Oh, okay. Like this is all messed up. Like, well, oh, well, I'm a terrible parent. It's like, okay, no, like you need to just change the way maybe you're parenting or yep. alter the way that they like their 
six years old. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can, they don't know what to do. Like right. you need to be the one to, and it's like, okay, if talking to him this way does not respond well, okay, how can I alter that in myself that he understands that better and carries that over? Like even, I mean, I used to have, I used to be angry and I would have rage when I was a kid, like just mm-hmm. random points scream. And I can see it in, in my second one at times, like he just gets angry and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like you're me. Like I can see it. You were me <laughs> as a child, but it's like trying to remember what started to calm me down. And it would be like mm-hmm. sports, working out, finding something I was extremely passionate about and doing that allowed me to kind of have that outlet. And I think mm-hmm. it's being able to find that for him in whatever area it is. And I think that's part of the challenge of experiencing different sports or different level. Like he has an electric dirt bike and real dirt bikes and bicycles, and he loves riding them all the time. And mm-hmm. like yesterday, for instance, I said, all right, we need to go inside and get your sister. And he like threw his bike down and was like, no, I want to keep riding. Like clearly I don't have that figured out because I don't know how to handle that emotion, <laughs> but it's just being able to be like, no, pick your bike back up. Let's yep. okay. I understand you want to ride. I need to go get your sister mm-hmm. and then you can come back and keep riding. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like you just nope. sometimes have to almost give them more credit than what they deserve because they mm-hmm. do understand what you're talking about. Yep. And I think you always look at them as they're your children. They don't know where, when you actually have a conversation, they know exactly what you're talking about. They know how to respond and you just have to like trust in them that it's like, okay, no, you do understand, but I'm not going to talk to you. Like you're two years old. I need to talk to you. Like you're, 10 years old, almost, even though you're not, but have like conversations with them. And I think sometimes I even get complacent with that of like thinking they're younger than what they are, that they won't understand it, Mm -hmm. but then they actually do understand it. And it's just being able to like keep kind of growing with that and like having those conversations of just not like, oh, you don't know, you're not sure where, I mean, my oldest remembers everything. And I mean, (laughs) everything from like the shirt he wore from four years ago to like the day and when it happened. I don't know how yep. he remembers these things. And there's been times he said something, I'm like, no, that didn't happen. And then I'm like, wait, you know what? I think this actually did happen. But I can't remember it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, well, at least, you know, and I don't know. So it's just mm-hmm. being able to trust them too, you know, like they, they're way smarter than we think. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. There's no doubt about that. You, you talked about, um, you mentioned in there being able to communicate in a way where your kids can understand you. And I think that's a huge point is as a, as a parent taking on that responsibility, not expecting your child to understand what you're saying, but tailoring your yeah. communication to make sure that they can receive what you're saying. Now you've got four moving targets and all kids I know are yep. each one's a moving target. Yep. Different kids need to be communicated with and loved on differently. Like my two boys, like one, one wants to cuddle, be lovey-dovey. One wants to kind of love me from a distance a little bit more some of the time. And that may just come with age, but I don't know. You know, every kid's <laughs> different. Uh, how do you handle that? Four kids, moving targets. It's three boys and a girl. That's a, that's a big mix yeah, of range of communication. Sometimes it's just taking a deep breath. <laughs> like in the situation of knowing when someone's having a reaction like that and how to... Mm-hmm. Like my oldest is just being more like, you need to get him to focus on it. Like he gets very distracted and that's just how he is. But you like, you need to be like, look, focus. But he's like very, very smart. So he's like, I say he takes that to my wife because my wife loves learning. He's, mm-hmm. she's very book smart. Like that's just, she's very good in school. And that was never, that was never me. Like it just mm-hmm. wasn't. And I'm completely fine with that. And then I always kind of resort back to like, 
I'm covered in tattoos. I didn't go to college. I grew up racing motocross. I was always in a lot of trouble. And my wife is the complete opposite. Loved school, straight eight, like perfect little angel. Always was never got in trouble. Like mm-hmm. the complete opposite of what I was. And I think <laughs> it's honestly a very good balance to teach them almost like growing up, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, look, you have two different career paths you can kind of go. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go the traditional school route and look, yep. I didn't, and I have a successful business. I get to train full-time as a professional athlete and have a lot of free time and do these different things that are fun. Or you can go and my wife has her PhD and you can be a teacher and do all mm-hmm. these different things. So there's definitely, I feel like that's so cool. Both sides of the story that we're able to help and kind of share with them of like, you don't always have to do the traditional route, but you need to also have a plan in place for like what you want to accomplish and do. And I kind of had that growing up was like, I knew I didn't want to go to school at a very early age that I was like, this just isn't for me. Like I, I would not have fun at college. Like that would not be for me. And I was like, as soon as I was done, I was like, I want to go race. I want to go do this. This is where I want to work. This is how I want to do it. And so like, there was a plan. Now did that whole plan change and do a 360? Yes. But at Mm -hmm. least I had a plan and place that I wanted to kind of follow and structure. And I think us being able to add that and balance it with our four kids and how we talk to them and the communication with them, it just kind of helps. Like my wife Mm -hmm. deals with kids all day because she teaches elementary school. So she knows definitely a lot more about staying calm and having the conversation with kids where sometimes I get a little more heated about it. And I'm like, no, no, just like calm down. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And it's like, what's really important right now. And it's like Mm -hmm. not overreacting. Like if this broke, okay, well, I'm sorry, but now that was your toy. We need to learn how to take better care of it and not give (laughs) your younger brother to break. Um, but yeah, it is a very interesting thing from balancing all four of them, right? Like, so my youngest, she's nine months. I mean, she's just now, well, not just now, but she's crawling all over the place, pulling up on everything, but doesn't really say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but she starts to see her older brothers and wants to do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. The third one is even when he was born, the nurse is like, wow, he's a crier. Like it was loud, like (laughs) super high pitch, like you and even now when he'll like be upset about something, he'll scream and you're like, oh my, like this is loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but just staying calm, I feel like is the biggest thing in most of the situations when if I'm tired, didn't get to do all my training or something, I can tell I'm more reactive versus mm-hmm. like being responsive and like taking a deep breath, having a mm-hmm. conversation with them. And I mean, I feel like anybody can kind of, well, you should be able to know in yourself when that's actually happening and occurring and Mm -hmm. how you can handle that to better teach them. Cause there's even been times like they've said something or reacted a certain way. And I was like, Whoa, why are you? And I was like, wait, like they're just picking up on it from something I did or something my wife did. And it's like, you don't think that they know how to even do those things, but then when they do it and you hear it, you're like, Whoa, Hey, that's not okay. But then it's like, then when you actually start to look at it, it's like, oh, well, this wasn't okay on my end. Yeah. Who taught them that? Like, who yeah, taught these kids so that? They, yeah. And it's definitely like a gut check at times. Like, it's like, oh man, like I didn't think I was reacting that way in the moment or didn't mm-hmm. think they saw or even knew, yep. but now they're reacting that way. And it's like, okay, I need to start handling myself in a better manner be a better dad about it. And except that I was doing something wrong that was not beneficial. And now 
change the way I'm parenting to make sure that's better understood by them and better received. And I mean, yeah, it's definitely a constant of a learning game and understanding and trying to figure it out and hoping you're making the right decisions, but that's just definitely part of it. Yeah. That's a great illustration too, of just exactly how kids, they're just not going to learn from what we say. They say they're going to learn from what they see in us, like primarily at least like that is where it's going to come from. And it is, I mean, it's, kids turn a mirror on you and make you look at yourself and say, man, am I living the what lessons kind of that I'm trying to teach right them? Now? Yeah. God, it's, having kids, especially as my five-year-old's gotten a little bit older and he's figuring out his emotions. And I mean, there, it's a broad range. He's an, he's an yep. emotional guy and, and, and learning that. And then really ha- like the yelling thing has been big for me. Like if I, and Jocko Willink made a post about this the other day that I kind of tacked on and I shared it and had some commentary on it, but the premise was that if as a leader, he was just saying like more in a business sense, but if you're a leader and you're in a position where you're yelling at your people, then most likely you haven't done a good enough job of setting expectations or communicating on the front end. And I thought about that and I was like, that's so darn true. Like for kids, like I should never be stopping and yelling at my kids for the way that they're acting. Because if I really want to take ownership of being a better dad, I need to look in the mirror and say, maybe I need to do a better job of communicating on the front end and exemplifying for them yep. what the right example looks like. And that's hard to do because sometimes oh, yeah. you got to do it a hundred times in a row. I mean, yeah, like you don't, I mean, you don't want to think that you're doing something wrong. Like you are right. Like right. You're, right. No, it's you. Like you, you guys are kids. You don't know. Like, but then it's really like, have a good look in the mirror. <laughs> yep. How are you actually acting? How are you actually responding in these situations? How can I actually better myself from this? And I think that's something that people need to actually look at is it's not always them. They're just watching Mm -hmm. what you do. Like in my wife. So since she's a teacher, she has all sorts of kids with behaviors and like, I'll hear stories. Mm -hmm. You're like, man, what in the world? And then it's like, I mean, if parents are acting that way, it's easy for them to just see it and then want to behave that way. And Mm -hmm. then it carries over to them and how they act and then how they raise their kids. And then it's just kind of the trickle effect. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's definitely something you need to just, learn and grow from, but it's definitely not, I don't have it figured out and I'm still trying to continue to work on it every single day. I mean, I saw something and it was like, try whispering to them. Like, so when you mm-hmm. want the urge to like yell, whisper to them, cause it intrigues them. And they think it's like a secret or something. Mm. So then they start to calm down and then they start actually listening better when you want to do that. Yeah. Um, so, which was interesting. And so like, I've tried it a couple of times and they'll like, kind of look at you like what are you saying and then they come in and listen and then they actually kind of calm down and then you calm down too and it kind of Mm -hmm. works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't but then knowing when to actually try it and when not to and yeah i mean i try and fail a lot yeah but you kind of have to yeah it's so hard i mean it's just for me i've kind of boiled it down to it's just this big game of like not making excuses to keep making the same mistakes but also (laughs) giving myself grace to fix it going forward yeah that's cool i mean it's hard. It's hard. Like, don't listen to this Parenting and think hard. that it's easy. Yeah. Sounds yeah. easy. Sounds great, but it is tough to do it. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of this podcast, we really had it going that we were absolutely crushing this right now. Like, we <laughs> were just crushing this. But as everybody can start to tell, we are not. We'll far be behind it, the curtain here. Yeah. I um, mean, it's just that, but that's part of it. You know, you got to yeah, hit that. No doubt. Um, so as we move towards the end of the conversation, I want to do a little bit of a transition and I want to ask you two final questions. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about everything um, that you've got going on in your life. Busy guy, 
uh, you know, happy marriage, beautiful children, uh, thriving business, successful professional athlete. Um, you've got a lot going on and you do a lot of things really well. And I think a lot of people look up to you. Um, obviously, you know, thousands and thousands of people follow you on social media. People watch you at the CrossFit games and you have a lot of visibility. And I think it's easy for uh, maybe let's just say somebody in the stands to, to look up to a guy like you and to think, man, this guy's got it. This guy, like he can do that, but I couldn't, like, he doesn't have the same problems I've got. Is there anything that you, and I'll ask kind of two different, two different, two different questions, similar. I'll let you decide which way you want to take it. Is there anything that you personally struggle with, like on an ongoing basis, or is there anything maybe specific in, in your life that you work on within yourself? Maybe something that you're working on um, right now, trying to get better at now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I think everybody is always working on something and everybody always has something going on, regardless of whatever the social media world is, right? Like social media mm -hmm. is just your highlight reel of like what the lifts are, what's going on here. And mm -hmm. how's this person do like, and all it is, is just like the best things of everybody's life. And that's yep. not realistic. And that's not actually what goes on. And that's not I mean, most people don't want to see all the depressing stuff, more or less just why we don't want to watch the news at times, yep. because you're like, ah, this is all depressing. You want to go to something that makes you feel good and look good and whatever it may be. But I mean, yeah, there's definitely struggles I have, I feel like, in a lot of different areas of, am I being a good parent? Am I doing things right? Okay, I'm not being present today. I was too distracted by social media. And I mean, those things I struggle with on a daily basis of like, how can I be more present? And it's like, I'm I'm aware of them, but then sometimes I just forget or I'm complacent. Mm -hmm. And then at night I'm like, dang it. I really just, I didn't do the best I could today. Mm -hmm. And I need to figure out how to apply that better the next day. And as much as you can like beat yourself up about it, it doesn't help you. Right. Like you, right. I've accepted that I already kind of did that today, but now I need to change that going forward to the next day or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even in regards to training, like I'm always trying to grow and learn to some degree and develop myself as an athlete and learn new things. And that's why we started working with a mental coach. And because I have a lot of self-doubt when it comes to competing and if I believe in myself enough and if I think I'm actually capable enough of winning at times and based off of certain things that have happened in my past and what I've related to. And I mean, a lot of psychological things that you think don't apply, which now looking back, like when I've talked with my mental coach, we like start to assess that and look at it in a deeper level. And then you're like, Oh, mm -hmm. whoa, like that's what that's actually stemming from. And mm -hmm. even in regards to like staying off social media and how distracting that can be during an event, it's like, oh, okay, well, if I keep practicing by not being on this, then I think ultimately it's going to lead me to a better place. And this was probably the first time in a long time that I actually had like fun at an event. Um, really? Yeah. And I think it kind of brought back the joy of like, oh, this is why I do this. I have fun. Mm -hmm. And I think there's been times I've been in the games and I'm like, I'm not having fun. Like, I really don't want to be here. Um, and that's definitely happened. And there was in 2014, uh, there was a point I sat on a bench and looked at Max and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Like in the middle wow. of the game, I was like, I want to be done. Like, I'm just wow. tired of this. I'm sick of the ups and downs of all of it. Like, I mean, we all go through struggles and I think every single athlete out on that floor is struggling. If you're watching it to some degree, and I don't really care what people are posting on social media because that stuff is like, I'm saying a highlight reel. It's only their good stuff where a lot of people are struggling. They are struggling mentally, physically. Um, 
and it's not always like as glamorous as everybody thinks it is hard. Mm-hmm. It is challenging. I give up a lot of things to do what I am able to do now and be in the place I am now. I said no to a lot of things. I didn't compete for a few years just so, well, I didn't do local events or different events so that I could focus on the big picture. And mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to find something that's very important to you and focus solely on that and how you can improve that. And yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't struggling. I feel like you're always struggling in some way, shape or form at something because mm-hmm. you want to constantly keep growing. And if I feel like if you, once you kind of stop struggling and you become complacent, then you just kind of stop learning. You stop caring. It just goes away. So, I mean, the fact that I like do get frustrated when I lose or I need an upset, like that means I care and okay, how can I transition that into a learning about myself more. And I feel like the more you kind of start to really dive into yourself, like it's not always the fun stuff and the glamor stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I have moments where like, it's definitely frustrating and hard, but I think you have to just find the positives out of it and just keep working towards being better kind of like every day, whether that's I'm 1% of being a better dad or staying more present or getting off social media or becoming a better businessman or learning or growing. And I think you just have to keep striving to do those things. And if it doesn't all happen, then it doesn't happen, but you have to be okay with that and keep striving to reach your potential or the goal, whatever it may be that you're trying to get to. Um, Mm -hmm. But just know it takes time. Like I've been doing this for I guess technically like 11 and a half years now. And it's definitely had its ups and downs of wanting to be done. But now I actually feel like I'm starting to have fun again competing. So I mean, like it, it's all over the place of emotions and a roller coaster, but it's being able to handle that and mm-hmm. learn from it. And a lot of these things will be because back, I guess backtrack to that moment when I was on the bench and I said that to my coach, he looked at me and he goes, What do you want you to tell your kids? what year was this? Maybe this was 2017 because my child was born. Yeah. And he goes, what do you want to tell your kids when you leave the event that how your dad gave up and wanted to quit or how he got back on the floor, gave his best effort and with a good finish or whatever place it actually ended up being. And for me, that just kind of like resonated really fast. And I went out and had my, like the next event was like my best finish of that weekend. And it was just kind of like, that's, that's like what I want to do is to be able to like share them with these adversities I faced at some point. And hopefully Mm -hmm. I can share that with them and they can learn from it and grow from it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely struggle at times. That's just the name of the game. I think everybody does and you just gotta be okay with it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Hearing you say that. I mean, I mean, it's like what we were talking about before kids learn from what they see, not what they're yeah. told. So there you go. It's yeah. a great way to illustrate hopefully, that. Hopefully they, that to- hopefully they see it. Hopefully they see it. Hey, if we do it consistently enough, they'll see it. Right. Yeah. That's what we were talking about how smart they are. Yeah. Um, and, and two, just another point there that I wanted to highlight that I thought is, I thought that's so strong. Um, talking about, um, hang on, I'm drawing a blank. I'm going to have to edit this out. I just, I just completely brain farted. I feel like you shouldn't edit it. I feel like that's what you got to keep, you know, you got to keep it real. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really peek behind the curtain now. Um, dang it. What was I about to say? I had a, I had a point I wanted to highlight. Do I oh need to end it all again? <clears throat> no, no. God. Oh, one other point in there that I wanted to highlight 
is the thought that like if you do have a self-doubt if you do feel like that you've fallen short in something like relative to what you feel like you're capable of doing i think that's a great indication that you're in the game enough to care enough to fix it and yeah. do better the next day so what you, you you said that and you said it quickly but i think that's such a great point <clears throat> and then last question for you yeah so i i like to i like to ask dads about legacy and when i think about legacy you know i think it's it's often talked about it like you know how many dollars are you going to leave behind or you know what building are you going to is going to be named after you like but when i think about legacy i think about it more in the terms of like what are the like how did i impact the people that i cared about the most and you know my wife and my kids and i think about it as like the moments the memories the lessons the experiences all these little things that they are going to have imprinted on their heart and their memory about me that maybe they took away from times with me that they'll have to carry with them for the rest of their life you know god willing that you know i'm able to leave them behind here on earth so through that lens thinking about that if i asked you what you wanted your legacy to be with your kids like what what would you want your your kids to remember about their dad yeah i mean that's definitely a deep question <laughs> uh yeah i mean i think just knowing that you should always be caring you should always be kind you should always treat people with respect and love your family and be supportive of each other and just kind of no matter what life throws at you always be proud of yourself and your efforts and kind of keep that mindset of don't let the world kind of take hold of you and kind of destroy the beauty that you have and kind of hold within you um and i think it's definitely an interesting world we live in that causes a lot of that to make people second guess and feel that way but I mean, I just want them to be proud of who I am as a dad and what I've, I teach them and do and spend quality time with and how they laugh and we joke and we play the floors lava and we build forts and we do all these different things. Like they remember all those kind of good moments. And then I think that's just kind of the important thing I think is just like being a good person and carrying that over to them so that they can teach their kids and show their kids how to act and behave and grow and don't let them stop learning. Let them be curious. Let them explore. I feel like those are all very important life lessons that as an early age, you need to do and enjoy and more or less just have fun. Like you're a kid, you should enjoy it. And I just want to make sure they're doing that too. So hopefully they think of those things. That's awesome. That's, that's a great answer. And I, and I'd echo that we have a, a couple of rules in our house with our kids and rule number one, we, we go through them all the time. Rule number one is have fun. And if yeah. we can start there and operate from there, you know, it's, it's, it's all gravy after that. Um, so Travis, thank you so much for making some time for us today. This has been an awesome conversation. Where can people find more about you follow along, you know, get in yeah. touch with you, whatever. Yeah. So usually just Instagram at the Travis mayor, uh, kind of same thing on Facebook. Um, and then that's really it. Those are usually about my social media <laughs> things. I mean, that's really about all where I spend my time on. I don't have anything else. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We'll send them there. I'll link it. I'll link the, uh, the profiles in the show notes. Uh, thanks again so much for making some time for us today. This is awesome. And, uh, we'll stay in touch. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support until next time. Remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.